Hey everyone, Joel here again, your Moonlighter in Residence. Just wanted to give you a heads up for this next episode with Shauna. So Shauna and I met a few years back um, through some other friends of ours, and we were a part of a crew called uh, Black Wall Street in Boston. So Shauna and I and a few other people uh, would meet at a WeWork in Back Bay. Well, black folks... And we would talk about our businesses and struggles with nine to fives and entrepreneurship and things like that. And the point of it was to encourage, uplift, and be strategic about it. So Shauna was at one of my showcases back in 2019. Did a great job. She got up in front of a crowd of people and talked about her passion in event planning and her, her journey to get there. And this episode is more of that. Shauna basically talking about how she got to where she is and, you know, what is tough for her, what she's overcome and what she's looking forward to. So this interview was actually taken in 2019, December 2019. Um, but it still holds water. Uh, Shauna's still making waves, still doing her thing, and she's dropped plenty of jewels in this. So I hope you enjoy it. I hope you listen to the whole thing. Um, Shauna's a great person. She's really driven. And I'm just there asking questions and trying to not sound stupid. So I hope I don't get in the way and I hope you take something from this. Thanks. I don't moonlight as a rapper. My jersey up too high in the rafters. I got a frog team, new life and attractive. Just sipping that moonshine and a plastered. I want to make sure everyone can see my sweatshirt, the Fresh Prince. Oh, in my, um, queening <laughs> over here, sister girl, all of the above with my Kente cloth and my logo pink color. Looks nice. Coordinating over here. Uh, well, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Moonlighters Club. I'm here with Shauna Bryant. Um, as you may or may not know, if you're watching this on YouTube, you may have seen Shauna speaking at one of our showcases and how the showcase works. It's like a TED talk, but... Better? Uh, maybe not better. I don't know. Uh, it's basically this on a stage or on a platform. Live. It's live. In front of and, people. Right. Real and we, breathing people. Exactly. Yeah. And the people yeah. we interview get on stage for about eight minutes and they tell people what it's like to work a nine to five, if you like it, if you don't like it, having an idea and then growing that idea out into becoming a full-fledged business and basically all the gripe that comes with that, which is a lot. So Shauna uh, spoke in August. And it was awesome. We've known each other for a while. I've been wanting to do this interview for a while. So thank you for letting me do thank this. You, yeah, this is a, thank this is, you, Yeah, this is going to be cool. So uh, I know your story, but um, let, let's, I guess, go to the work part about it. Because that's where all this you know, starts from. Mm -hmm. When you were in the midst of working a full-time job, let's say after a couple years, before that, were you always like, I know I'm going to be an entrepreneur someday? Or was it the work where you were starting to see what you were good at? And having to deal with, you know, being an employee where you're like, you know what, I just want to get up out of here and do my own business. So I think there's moments like throughout our our lives as adults, we're just like, Dad, wouldn't it be nice to just like be doing my own thing? I don't want to work for these people. I don't want to get up every morning and go to the, and do this thing. Right. But we know that we've been conditioned and um, it's part of capitalism that it's, you know, the the bosses and then there's the workers. And so, yeah. Um, 
have always been a worker. Um, grew up watching my parents be workers, and I think we all have um, a generation above us that you know you work your nine to five, you get a pension, you get a you know retirement, and that was just what was. And so they both have been at their jobs for over thirty years, getting ready to retire with great packages. That's not our reality. Um, and so what I do know is that I have always been, um, I recognize now, I've had this kind of hustle and um, spirit. And uh, over the years, I went from being a team mom, planning my son's events and supporting that to being a uh, serial volunteer, working with nonprofits. And again, um, found myself always planning events. My nine to five jobs always gave me um, or incorporated coordinating, multitasking, logistics, operations, managing up. And so that has what I've been doing for over 15 years, working in the healthcare field, literally managing up nurses, doctors, administrative directors, and so forth. And so I definitely recognized over the last three to five years that I think I'm good at this thing. And, ooh, dang, it would be nice to um, jump out and have my, my own thing. Don't really know or didn't know exactly what that meant. But um, maybe about three years ago in 2016, started a business and um, was doing that part time planning events um, kind of after five. And before that, I had been planning a conference part time for almost a decade now, um, a girls conference. And so was always doing this thing. And so definitely recognized that it was no longer just a thing. It was something I was good at called it Shauna Bryant Consulting, thought I was going to be a virtual assistant at first, actually. Really? Really? Um, just because, you know, I figured it's the administrative work, it's the logistics, yep. it's the operations, it's paying the, the um, department's bills, again, managing in-house smaller events, meetings, managing up. And so I thought I was going to be a virtual assistant when I first jumped out with Shauna Bryant Consulting. So when you were in the healthcare industry, was it... Uh, were you were only doing event stuff outside of work? Yes. Okay, initially, that's all you were doing. So yeah. what's it like? What were you doing in the healthcare industry? Because I used to work with my cousin Crystal, and I would see some of the stuff. Like, everyone knows doctors. My mom was a nurse. So I knew a little bit about doctors. Not really, but nurses, I knew what they do. But there's a lot of other stuff that happens in the hospital. And I remember I would just see Crystal, and it would just look like straight madness. Like, I'd come in. I actually come in to gamble. <laughs> so I'd come in to give her money for my, like, football thing. So you would, oh, yes, yeah, yeah. we would do the, the squares, and Crystal Yo. would manage the squares for the Super Bowl or any games. Yeah. Yeah, and uh -huh. I just remember, yo, it never looked like anybody was relaxed. It was like chaos. So what were you, what were you doing? So I'm, I'm going to say it was controlled chaos. So I worked in the inpatient side. We had a um, I worked in a busy lab where they put in pacemakers, which some folks may be familiar with, as well as we did other um, inpatient and outpatient procedures. And so we had five um, procedure rooms. And so part of my I was the unit coordinator. And so I literally managed, um, communicated with the floors, let them know when patients were going to be on the schedule, when they were coming down, work with the charge nurse every day and kind of coordinated. This is We've got 20 patients coming in between the outside, the waiting room, um, as well as upstairs in the inpatient and just kind of coordinated. There were six or seven different procedures that we did and some range from 45 minutes to five to six to eight hours. So we worked with anesthesia. We worked with... Um, we work with surgeons. We work with, um, we had outpatient um, other doctors who would come in and actually 
do their procedures. So you would come in for a procedure and your yeah. cardiologist would come in and actually do it. So we would have to wait for you to come. I would collect all of the pre-op information. I did all of the ordering um, from medical supplies to office supplies to staple so supplies, <laughs> um, all of the internal paperwork. Yeah. Um, I ran... Um, I work with transportation that brought the patients up and down. I would call for that at times. I would go get patients on stretchers. I would make sure we had enough stretchers in the lab. I worked with the linen um, to make sure we had warm blankets and whatever else. I would actually work with um, stocking the rooms at times because I did all of the inventory. So we would have um, medical device reps. I worked with the medical device reps. So literally coordinating many parts that made this machine um, move along. So literally bringing patients in, I would help tee them up. The only thing I didn't do was actually put IVs in the rooms, but I would be in the procedure rooms, helping the nurses set up at times, turning over the room. I would even get a broom and mop if I needed to, because I knew, you know, if it was a packed day, we just literally couldn't wait for the cleaning staff to come in and clean the room. And so at times I would be taking the trash out. I would be pulling anesthesia machines out. Um, and, yeah, I did a little bit of everything literally to make this machine run. So, uh, yeah, that makes you feel awful. What I do at most of my jobs is Internet. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But <laughs> I loved it because I felt like, you know, like without me, the the it couldn't run. And so I was like the glue that held it together. If there was emergency, I called the codes. I just could pick up the phone. And, you know, if I needed something, I had been doing this in that lab before I left for a decade. And so I literally could call and Joel, you know, from anesthesia would be like hey shauna right like yeah it just becomes so familiar that you just knew how to get shit done and, and uh. they depended on it so how long were you doing this for a decade for a decade i so, was in the last lab where your cousin worked for a yeah. decade so towards the end what caused the transition from this place to the next place so towards the end what caused the transition is i got um restless working in that environment you see lots of fellows there's um the specialty, which is it was electrophysiology, um, working with the heart. Um, and so these fellows come through every two years. There would be research um, fellows that would come through. There would be um, texts from the um, medical device companies and all the different catheters and so forth we would order. There was a lot of transition within those okay. as well. They were always moving. And so I definitely at some point got really restless Um and I knew that I had started going to Roxbury Community College for my associate's degree when my son was um, first started school in the first grade. And so it got to a point where in 20, 2010, yeah. he um, was now heading into high school and I knew I needed to finish my degree. And so that um, I kicked it into gear in 2010, graduate in 2012 with my associate's degree, moved on to UMass Boston, and in 2012 got my um, degree in political science. And I'm sorry, 20, 2014. Um, so 2012, got my associate's, left that job, went to school full-time and became a full-time student, got my a bachelor's degree in 2014, um, and then from there... Did a couple of temp jobs, went back into the healthcare for another year and a half, working with um, cardiology again yeah. as the administrative director at another hospital. Again, still managing up. I was doing um, all of the invoicing, um, the reimbursements for cardiology department. So that was 80 plus doctors managing the, the administrative director in his calendar, um, who was responsible for five to 10 sub. Yeah. departments within cardiology. Um, and then from there, left there, got another job 
working with a nonprofit, which felt amazing. Um, and that nonprofit laid me off and gave me a four month notice. And at that point, it became clear that um, I said, all right, God, either I can do somebody else's thing or at this point I had been doing the event planning part time officially for almost two years. Yeah. And um, I figured I know my value. I'm learning my value. I do dope ass events. I think I can do this. And the worst that can happen is um, I go back to somebody else's nine to five. And that last job I became, I started working remotely two or three days a week. Yeah. And so I recognized I'm never going back into somebody's office five days a week. It'll never happen again. Um, Cause now I can demand that. I didn't know I could demand it before I can find the ideal job. Yeah. Um, and I knew that if nothing else, I was going to increase my value while I'm out here doing this full time. Yeah. So again, the worst that can happen is I'm going to find the ideal job um, that works for me. And if I need to go back to working for somebody else, it's still going to be on my terms. When you went back to school, it was in the back of your head, were you thinking it was for just getting better jobs? Like, yes. Yeah. It was for getting better jobs because every job had the minimum of a bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah. Because I went back to school late. I went back at 20, around 2010. Mm-hmm. 20, I was 27, like 28. So I was 32. And I remember I would. Finishing uh, to like grind it out and finish. Yeah. Because I grouped off all my 20s, which I'm very proud of. Mm-hmm. I just learned how much I could drink, uh, you know, uh, how to leave drunken voicemails. I just learned all that. Like, yeah, not my story. That's not my story. I <laughs> but, learned uh, <laughs> um, to, be, I w- to be a badass. I was a single mom raising my son. Yeah, I was the opposite um, of you. I yes. pretty much so just floated through. My 20s was being a responsible mom and... Um, he was my 24-7, and so there was a shift when he went to high school in my 30s, and it became like, who is Shauna? Well, oh, Shauna's this Yeah, this well, what was it like leader, going back this... to, to school? Because I mean, for me, it was depressing. Like, when I came, I was living in Minnesota. I came back to Boston. I was 28, and I was I was living with different family members trying to get, like, because I couldn't get into school at Bunker Hill because I, I wasn't a resident yet. I, so I missed a year. I couldn't get jobs. And I remember... Uh, I had to live in Brockton for a bit, uh, outside of Boston. So we, mm-hmm. I had to commute to go to work. And my weekends, I would just be alone and I'd watch Hulu and I would just drink. Like I would by myself, like I would drink E and J and just watch Hulu uh-huh. videos. And I didn't know, I didn't know I was depressed. I just thought I was at home drinking alone because yeah. this is what people do when you live in Brockton in the middle of nowhere. Yes. But I just remember because my 20s were fun. Like it was just not thinking about responsibility, not knowing what I was going to do. And then having to go back to school, it was such a reality check. Like I was taking freshman classes at 28. So we were having like intro to public speaking. <laughs> and it'd be like, we're like, hi, my name is, my name is Aubrey. I'm 18 with like braces. And then I get up like, yo, I'm Joel. Um, I'm, almost I'm almost 30. 30. Yeah. <laughs> Figuring my life out. So like to get my, yeah, literally. Like <laughs> some people were looking at the class like, what? So I just remember that transition. For you, what was it like? Like, What was it like once you're like, all right, I'm going back to school, being in that environment all over again, learning again. Was it weird? Was it super exciting? So to me, it was exciting. So fast forward, I mean, um, moving backwards, I started RCC when my son was in the first grade. So I started in like 2002. Okay. Right? Part-time classes, sometimes a full semester load, sometimes not clearly because it took me 10 years, right? And so um, I would do a class here, maybe a week in class, take a year off, do a hiatus, come back. And so when I when I was committed, when I committed in 2010 to like, I've got to finish this because I've got to graduate when he does in 2014, um, 
it was full-fledged. I'm, I'm in this night courses, Saturday courses, whatever it took to get it done. Yeah. And I will say most of my classes, because I did the Saturday classes a lot in the evening courses, um, it was adults. So I, I wasn't okay. actually okay. in a space with, I was in a space with focused adults that yeah. like, you know, every, every class they were three or four folks that like really you, you bonded with and connected with. And, you know, that's who you got to the finish line when we graduated in 2012. So I was very determined and focused and I was ready to leave my job. Okay, good. So, so I knew I was graduating and leaving this job and, and moving on to be a full-time student. So I remember you talking to us about that. You're you're doing event stuff on the side when you're back in school. You're going, you went through a couple of healthcare jobs. Then you got to the nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And I remember specifically talking to you about this nonprofit. Was it a good job? Like before the layoffs? Before the layoffs at the Before the that, layoffs, was it, it, was cool? a, it was a great job. It was. Um, I was an affiliate manager, which meant um, this organization had 180 different youth serving um, programs across the country. And I got to be like the customer service um, interface between them and the national organization. Okay, I did lots of troubleshooting and multitasking and figuring out things. And a major component of my job was going to be planning a national director's conference. So I got to I was going to travel to D.C. Yeah. Um, so I was when I, you know, like I was all in when I got hired. I was like, word, I'm going to be planning events and I'm going to be doing this customer service helping people. And I believed in the organization's vision and mission. And so it was great that now much of the work that I did after five working with and in the community. um, Now I felt like, you know, I was merging some of that and just feeling good about getting up and going to work and working for an organization that was doing good work for the community and for people, black and brown babies that look like me. So I remember I've worked at professionally pretty much all startups. So the the idea of layoffs is real, you know what I mean? But most of the time, it's paranoia. So how do you even know that? Did you know the layoffs were coming? Did you hear rumblings when they no, started? No, I didn't know the layoffs were coming. We, you know, um, we went from in July, um, we're coming out of the deficit and things are well. And they had monthly team meeting or um, organization meetings. And July, the organization was going well, coming out of the deficit. Um, and then August, um layoffs, staff reductions were going to happen. That rumbling started. And I had been there less than a year. October was going to make a year. And I was like, like this, this department, they need it. It's an interface with the programs. I'm good. And I'm, yeah, I wonder who that's going to be. You know, like (laughs) that's very interesting that um, um, you hear about the first round of cuts and you're like, wow, okay, cool. We're good. And then um, I get a, I think it was a Thursday or a Friday, I get an email from the head of HR. And because it's a small nonprofit, I literally could like walk 10 feet up the hall and be like, Joe, just got that email from you. What's up? Yeah, you, yeah. you know, like I'm meeting with you and the CEO of the organization. You know, I'm not no dummy here. What's up? Tell me, what, you know, am I being fired? Um, and short of it is, no, you're not being fired, but we are laying you off. <laughs> I had never been fired in my life. And so I was in my feelings, um, had another meeting. I stayed late until I seen one of another senior staff person and was like, hey, I need to I'm not I'm not going to go through the weekend trying to figure out what's happening in my life. Right. Yeah. I'm not, I just don't feel good. And they came. They were like. It's staff reductions, and that's what's happening. But we're going to give you all four months' notice um, okay. 
of four months time. And then we're going to extend your benefits to the end of the year, which was another month and a half. Um, yeah. So I was told in August and laid off as of December 1st last year. So you were already doing your thing on the side. You're surprised by the layoffs. When it hits, when you're out the door, what are you initially feeling? Like what? what? So as of last December, yeah, what was that I feeling? Went right when you're out. You, you got a couple of events on the side that you were doing. You just got laid off. And I had secured two events. Yeah. Okay. So you had. So I, so I secured two contracts, which actually ended. One of them ended up being that employer. So that conference that was going to be part of my job. Now I became a contracted a contractor for it, um, and was going to plan that event. So that was that was dope. First time I knew that like, oh, you can make your yeah. your employee your okay client word. This is good. Um, and then I got another event contract, and so I knew I was going to be good for six months out, right? And full transparency. I also knew I was going to be getting unemployment, right? Okay. And so um, my cushion was good. And um, I felt good for six months financially. Now, running a business <laughs> and like having to manage myself and my time, um, that was scary as fuck. I literally remember the first week or like the first two or three days into the first week um, and I, I, my sleep pattern was awful. Right. And yeah. I would, yeah, like, it was just like, I don't, oh shit. I'm, oh, oh, I have to plan my time. Oh, I have to get up and do something. Yeah. Um, and that contract work wasn't actually really going to start until January. Okay. Right. Um, so like one initial planning committee meeting each client and then, um, and what I did do is I took um, a 10-day trip to Costa Rica, okay. right? Was it just kind of um, like, let me use clean I my was, head? I was just like, I'm going to go. Like, one, <laughs> I had never taken a vacation longer than seven days. Um, and so, like, back in September, I was like, I'm going to find a way to go away for a whole month. I'm going to figure this out. I don't even know how. I don't know what the money's going to look like. But I know I can go somewhere where it's inexpensive, and I can rent a house for, like, a month, yeah. right? Month didn't happen. Um, but I ended up doing 10 days in Costa Rica, not, you know, very expensive, just laid back, warm weather, um, close. I, one of them, I went to Arenal, Arsenal or Arenal, which is where the, um, non-active volcano is. So I had a room with a thermal spa in my backyard and the volcano view, That's awesome. um, zip line and ATV riding, um, through pedals and, cows in the pasture just so this is what december this is this is december of last year for 10 days in costa rica okay and then i went to um the caribbean coast so like every 10th person it was a black woman with locks it was like it was great it was great and then i had to come home and i was like oh i'm responsible for my time yeah this is interesting oh I got to get like, I can't sleep till noon. And, you know, my pattern became up to like three, four o'clock in the morning. And then I don't get up till like 10. Right. And then you're like, but wait, the morning is almost gone. And you probably should have sent out an email and, you know, you got to move things along. And so you can't start your day at one or two o'clock in the afternoon because everybody else is shutting down at this point, Shauna. Um, And but the first like official two weeks, um, it was scary. And I remember like day three calling a friend and or you know getting a call and being like hey girl how you doing and I was like yo I don't I don't know what I'm doing I, I don't I'm not sleeping 
I don't know what I'm doing. What the hell am I doing? It was, it was scary. Yeah. And there's still moments of just like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. There was, I don't, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm, I, uh, I'm pushing through though. I just left my job uh, for various reasons, but one, I didn't want to be there. Uh, and I remember this was on, my last day was Tuesday. Last week? Uh, this week. This week. This, this past week. Tuesday was my last day Two there. days, three days ago. Two days, yes. And I remember in my head going, okay, like I know I'm going away. I'm going to leave the country on Saturday. So I know so other same stuff kind I of, do. It was the same kind of thing. And I was just in my head, yo, I'm out. I'm about to get mass stuff done. Like I was like, oh, I'm about to do all this, all this, right? And I remember that first day I had been so used to getting up and going to work and just doing what I was supposed to be doing at work. I didn't even know what to do. Like I felt, <laughs> and it was mental. Like I, I, was, I was sitting there subconsciously finding ways to not commit to doing what I was supposed to be doing. I busy well, around the house time. and doing stuff. Exactly. And I it was time. so weird having time, not structured, not having to go to a meeting. And I just like, after a day, I'm like, you know what? Let me not stress it. I know I'm gonna have to get bust my ass and get some work done. Let me just realize that I don't have to do that anymore and come to peace mentally. And this week is kind of, right. Like this is three days and then you're traveling, right? Exactly. So it's kind of like, are you really gonna like get into a pattern or a routine in these three days? Absolutely not. Yeah. So you do... What was that first event like that you had secured? Once you finally like, you're like, all right, let me let me get this going. Let me try to figure out the schedule. When was that first event in that new year after you left? The first, so secured the first two contracts before December 1st. Yep. I signed my my employer contract and another client. And both, one event was um, the third, right before Memorial Day in May. And the other one was for June 12th of last year. Okay. Oh, yeah, this year, actually. June 12th of this year. Okay. Right? Okay. So they were six and five, like seven month contracts. Okay. Um, So kind of that first, I had, I had planned the like first initial planning committee meetings when I came back from Costa Rica mm -hmm. um, and started like the six month um, timeline. But that first, well, it was my employer. Like, it was like, okay. One, they told me I was getting unemployment, so I knew I was going to be okay if I needed to. Um, and I got both um, deposits 50% um, before I left for Costa Rica. So what? So was that weird working with them? Like, not even from the layoff, but just like, I know these people. No, and so I'm it responsible. Was, it was great because I was working with my used to be boss. Okay, okay. So okay. literally we had our, we were, we vibed, she hired me, Good. right? Like she was like, yes, let's, let's get this contract secured before you leave. Okay. Right? So I want the contract signed. I want your first invoice in to us. And I want you to get this money before you go away. I, I want whatever you do with the check, but I had that check cash before I went away. Good. Good. How'd it go? How was the event? They were both fantastic. I'm nice. getting ready to secure the, the um, previous employer before I go away again this year. Yeah, so this past year, what's it been like as far as working on the consulting and working on the events? You were doing multiple things. What was that like that first full year of, I'm doing my own thing? It was scary. It's it's really scary. Um, I, I think for the, literally for the first six months, I just put my head down and worked. I um, secured four more contracts between um, February and June. Yeah. Um, to do additional events, and so I um, I had 
what I, I I had one event in May and four events in June. Okay. Yeah, one event in May, four events in June. Went to a conference in May, and then for my own personal brands, um, which on top of doing the event planning, fundraisers, galas, open houses, um, mostly with nonprofits. Um, I had these other great ideas um, and passion projects and things that I wanted to do as well. And so um, with my brand Hustle Times 2, I decided I was going to do quarterly panel discussions. And so Hustle Times 2 is the idea um, that you can have a nine to five and you can have a side hustle. So it was for or is for career driven and entrepreneurship focused women. And so would have um, quarterly events. And so for um, first, second, and third quarter, so March, June, and and September, we did panel discussions, brought two to three women together, similar to this. And we just, they would um, share their stories of how they're uh, maneuvering or managing, balancing their nine to fives and their after five side hustle, passion project. Um, And so, yes, when you say, not only was I managing the... um, Client events, I was also managing my own events, which... Um, and it's funny, I, I forget that you were doing client events, because when we're talking, we're talking about your events. <laughs> yeah. We were always talking about hustle time, yeah, too, and securing yeah, yeah. the planners and getting food. and. So the yeah. whole time you were still looking for securing and executing So I actually, I, I knew I was going to be good till September with yeah. those events that I had, had secured and executed, too. Um, so I wasn't aggressively looking but I did manage to secure three more contracts for the rest of the year, which um, life is good because I'm going to Ghana for two weeks. So life was good. Did it's you ever been... get crazy overwhelmed? Like have I do to you? Yes. That's when I think we started to really hang out. <laughs> so uh, crazy overwhelm was between, uh, I would say, April 1st until June, which was um, I was literally in logistics overload, we may say. Um, I thought it was heaven at some point when I was like, oh, I got five events that I'm planning. No, it was a logistics overload um, because anywhere from six to eight weeks out of an event, it is all things logistics, like all of the final details, making sure you have all of your vendor contracts, making sure you're doing volunteer training um, for the event that I did with my my previous employer. It was a national director's conference and it was in D.C., And so I had to fly to D.C. I had to look. I had never seen this venue before. I had to make sure that we we, they brought in an outside AV um, company. And so had to make sure he was all set managing his contract. And literally we had eight rooms that we had to like set up with projectors and and screens and um, make sure. So managing the food contract and making sure the the room attrition rate, meaning they had um, filled um, all of the rooms that they had contracted in the in the venue contract. Yeah. Um, and then I had a 250-person gala that we literally were transforming a whole space. So I brought in a decor venue, ve- um, vendor, DJ, photo booth, food, photographer, videographer, and transformed two spaces for that event. Another event, it was another 400-person gala Um didn't have to completely transform that space, but had to manage the venue. Um, they were doing a live auction, had to create and manage that process, manage um, <laughs> volunteers, 
photographer, a videographer, a DJ, photo booth. Um, and so what I've actually done and tried to do this year is I do have um, preferred vendors that I now have been working with yeah. for four or five, including my events. So photographer, um, photographer, DJ, vendor, um, decor person, um, they've become kind of my solid. Haven't figured out the exact videographer yet, but... Um, yeah, it was a lot. It was it was managing. How do you not have a nervous projects. breakdown? Like I don't understand. Like I would just shut down after like because I couldn't. So this, this <laughs> yo, there's so, so this, many things so, flying right. around. That drives so me crazy. So this is this is this is where um when they say entrepreneurship is not for everyone, it absolutely is not because this is where if I had a nine to five, this stuff stops at five, right? Yeah. A lot of this stuff stops at five, yep. and I can pick it up tomorrow. Um, depending on the job. Yes. The, hi the higher you kind of move on up, this you take some of this stuff home. Um, but also, you can also just be like, well, it's not my thing, right? Like, yes, you can have a level of pride um, in your work, but it's not my thing, right? And I know I'm going to have a, a regular check for the most part coming through, mm -hmm. right? This, at any moment, a client could, could be like, you are not doing your job. This is not working out. We're going to fire you. <laughs> Right. So, yes, you have some contract guarantee, guarantee, guarantees, right, that you're going to pay me for the work I did. And maybe a month out, you're like, you know what, we've got to move to somebody else because you're not doing so. Um, there is no nervous breakdown. There is um, or not not in my not in my world. I got I got lights to keep on. Um, <laughs> you know, I like the heat in the winter um, and I like to travel. And, you know, I my my. I was committed to maintaining my lifestyle at minimum. Yep. And so there was some, you know, looking at financial, what I needed, my monthly overhead yep. to do this. And so, um, and I have been doing this, but like, I knew I could do this. I knew I was good at this. Yep. Um, I knew I'd do this in my sleep. I didn't know I could do this like four to six events yeah. at the same time. That's where it becomes like year two. What, what are you going to change? Because one person project managing six events is bananas, and I I don't want to I don't want to do that again. How do you keep cool? How do you keep do you like I've I've interviewed different people who do everything from pray, meditate, uh, vacation. Like what helps you kind of like all all of the above. I pray every night. I am um I practice gratitude on a regular basis. Mm. So I pray at night. Literally, thank you God for um keeping me today. Um, wake me up tomorrow. Like thank you for letting me live my dream. Right. Yeah. Real simple. And then I pray for. Everyone in between from the, you know, supporters to those folks that, you know, the friends and foes, um, you know, because we all we all just trying to do the best we can for the most part um, and pray for, you know, family members and the, the squad, the circle of friends, because, you know, without them, I wouldn't be here. And then in the morning I get up and I kind of not I won't say I jump out of the bed because I don't move out of the bed fast. But when I do, I'm like, thank you, God. You gave me another day to be great. Let's go. Let's go. So now this year is rolling out. Looking back, how how did I feel good? I did twenty two events and I had thirteen clients. Yeah, I feel, feel good. good. I feel good. I learned a lot. Where would you be without the layoff? You think you still be working at the nonprofit? Yeah, I would. They're crazy. I'm I'm not sure that I would have like just decided I was gonna ride out on faith. Um, I don't I don't know. Or, or the contracts would have came enough that maybe it would have pushed me out the door. But I do know year one, having that unemployment cushion yeah. is what allowed me to believe I could do this. Um, 
And so now year two is kind of like, all right, you've got to replace that and continue to do what you're doing. And so it's a, it's a whole nother level of grind. So we were talking about this a little bit before. So what are your plans now to crank the grind up? Focus. To okay. get a lot more focused. Um, the business model is going to change so that this year, very much, I want to be an expert in the event planning space. Um, that is my moneymaker. That's where I get my revenue from. Um, and that's what's going to allow me to continue to increase my profit um, so that I can grow as a, I'm not interested in being a one woman show. I want to, I will have a firm. And this is the other thing. You got to manifest what you want. Yep, right. Yep. So um, I'll meet folks and they're like, oh, I see you doing it. And I was like, you know, I'm trying. And they, you know, even over the last couple of weeks have, will push back and be like, no, 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 you're actually doing it. Right. Yeah. Like I see what you're doing. You're, you're doing it. Right. And so um, very much pivoting and focusing. And so um, event planning, securing um, the goal is to secure some retainer clients. Okay. So okay. that I'm yep. doing, you know, multiple and I'm not necessarily having to chase new prospects. Um, so I'm having lots of prospect meetings now between November and January, hopefully no longer than February. Um that pretty much secure me for the rest of the year. Um, that's that's the ultimate goal and do a lot more um, speaking in spaces that, you know, talk about like the how to successfully do an event. Right. What, what, what does that look like? Yeah. Um, the goal is to create some type of um, coaching or online webinar where even um, I've gone to. Um, lots of events where entrepreneurs are putting them on mm -hmm. and I just kind of observe. We'll leave it at that. Um, and I'm like, yep, this is another this is a, a pain point that I'm getting ready to fix because yeah. um, everybody wants to do an event. And then um, some of the things that I think I know I do well, um, like making sure it starts on time. Yeah. Um, yeah. making sure, you know, your food vendors are there before <laughs> your attendees. So you're not setting up when they're there, making sure you understand, um, how the actual evening or the event should flow from your welcome to your closing, uh, what that looks like, making sure that you're, you've done a mic check and some, you know, kind of basic things, making sure that you're branding. So people walk in and there's a, I don't know, a poster board or something that lets me know I'm at the right event. Um, making sure your registration table is set up when people get there or there's somebody at the table when people, get, you know, these just basic yeah. things that to me is just kind of like become a no brainer. But if you are an entrepreneur, events is not your thing. And so that's the other um, that's something else that I'm going to begin to like start doing in the new year, teaching nice. folks how to do really well events as well as continuing to execute dope ass events for my clients. So to any young, uh, maybe young, anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, specifically in the event planning space, if there's yeah. any wisdom you could throw their way uh, upon. You know, um, they're just getting out. They're just getting started, getting their couple. Yeah. So I would say anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur, period. Um, I think I've heard this a lot. And now, you know, it, it definitely come. It has it has resonated. It makes sense. Um, find a need. We hear this all yeah. the time. Yeah. Find a need and fix somebody's pain points. Fix the fix the problem, right? And so all of those things um, that I just mentioned, for example, working with entrepreneurs, um, 
there there is we all have been to an event that um we remember for whatever reason didn't go right and so those are the problems those are the problems mm, that okay. i fix yeah. when it comes to an event right like think of two things when you right yeah. two things you think that you went to an event and didn't go well yeah that you remember typically oh i can remember man the food being the, the yeah the setup not being ready uh, that annoys people, you. People not showing up on time. Things not starting on time. Uh, yeah, food not being situated. Uh, Good food, bad food. Uh, bad food. Yes, bad food. Um, vendors. One vendor coming super late. Someone going, oh, we can't do this because they haven't showed up yet. Uh, the photographer's not here yet, or whatever. Disorganization in general. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Right. And so those are those are the kinds of things where when you when you're fixing and, and you find the pain point and then you can speak to that and your branding demonstrates that you can fix that, um, that be now you become a need. And so whether it's for the entrepreneur who thinks they can put on a great event, um, but they didn't, or um the corporation that just doesn't have the human capital um or the nonprofit, mm-hmm. right, to execute a high level event. And so I, I pride myself on high impact and flawless events. It's never flawless, right? but if I can make it appear flawless, Mm -hmm. that's what you paid me to do. I like that. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you need to, you need to, it needs to be a need base. So find a, find something that's not, that's not happening or find something that you can fix, find something that is always going to be People are always going to do events. And even in this um, social media world where this is how we're connecting now, yeah. we also recognize that people are missing out on that organic thing, yep. that that ability to connect. We still need to be able to be in front of people and be around people. So people are going to do events. Yeah. Right. There is somewhat of a shift that people recognize we still need to do events. We cannot do all of this like connecting just on the computer or in, you know, social media, like that's not. No. um, So fix, fix, fix a problem, find a need um, and provide really high quality service. What advice could you give any budding mompreneurs? Because mompreneur, because that's something I can't speak to. Yeah. So I would say um, I, I have an interesting story just in that the, what I was doing part time or like after five, um, it really didn't start um, until my son was in high school. And so when my son was in high school, he actually moved to another city to go to a better public school system and move with my dad. Okay. And so I became I had empty nest. My son was 14. And, and because I had him as a teenager, I was 30 when I had empty nest um, and I had to like reinvent myself. Who is Shauna? I'm no longer just his mother, yep. right? Like that was very much how I presented myself because he was my 24-7. My my life revolved around picking him, dropping him off, feeding him, keeping a roof over his head, right? Like that was my world, his sports, right? Just, yeah. um, and trying to go to school part-time, which, you know, I kicked it in the gear when he actually moved out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> So um, it's a little bit different sometimes, right? Because I didn't do this when he was a toddler. Um, I would just say that you've got to have a support system Mm -hmm. and um, to never get discouraged. Like it it is hard. It's hard um, 
but just kind of push through it. Like if you're a lot of moms, we're doing a business because we're, we're fixing something or it was a need that, you know, we had. Yeah. Right. Or we're doing something that we recognize brings us joy of some sort. And so I would just say um, you just need to push through it. You need to try to um, create um, a circle of people that believe in you um, and. Uh, you can't always, it's not always going to be your, your family or the closest friends. Um, because what I also recognize is entrepreneurship, again, is, is not for everyone. And so you've, you've got to, you're going to have some growing pains where you realize that like, I actually, my growth is dependent on who I'm around and some of your friends and family may be to your detriment. And so, um, you're not going to be able to tell, you know, small people think small, right? So their ideas are small and they're not dreamers. And you're going to really start to recognize who these people are. And there's no um, no shade, but um, I'm probably not going to be spending the same amount of time with you anymore. I'm not going to, your conversations are going to shift. Yeah. Um, and just be okay with that. Like literally lean into all of that uncomfortable um, because we are, or at least I've recognized when you're comfortable, you're really kind of complacent and that's not where your growth is going to happen. And so if it becomes uncomfortable, lean into it, um, figure out not if it's giving you anxiety or your intuition is telling you don't do this, but um, it really is okay to um, dream big, right? Like dream, I say at this point, dream beyond your wildest dreams because you don't know what it is and allow others to speak stuff into you. Um, you got to say it, right? You got to have an accountability yeah. community partner, um, manifest this stuff. Yeah. Um, thank God, ask God, you know, don't all this, the why don't ask God why all the time. Cause yeah. um, you know, it, it, things just, they, they work themselves out. Um, and the last thing is I've recognized, um, heard it before and now I, I get it. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. Part of that is you're going to have to get rid of some folks. You're going to have to have some real clarity. You're going to have to get focused. Um, you're going to have to be, you know, moving on a different level so that when opportunities come to you, you're actually going to receive them. Opportunities come and you're not always ready to receive them because you're not ready. Yeah. Like you're just not in that place to be able to even do it, to receive it, to execute it. And so what I recognize is what's coming to me is for me because I'm ready. Let's go. Year oh, two. Let's that go. Good. That was good. That's uh, that, that uh, staying ready. Uh, there were a lot of times where. I would want a bunch of money to fall in my lap and uh, or to meet a perfect person. But if it had happened you know at those times, it? I wouldn't have been ready for it. Like it would, I would just embarrass myself. So if you work uh, every day, uh, I just had an interview with one of my good friends, Stevie Hopkins, and he had a best quote, work creates more work. Mm -hmm. So you bust your butt. Uh, keep working towards something. But then That's you got to be ready comes for it. From, right. You got to be ready to execute. Right. So you you. You right. You All this first it. year is going to create more work. And now do I have a plan in place to receive it? So I'm not like, damn, I just missed that other contract because I wasn't ready. ready. So, you know, and the last thing you want to do is have a bad first impression. And that right. comes from not being ready. Right. So that, right. that's whatever the grind is. The grind is you waking up every day and forming good habits so that when Systems, these things come processes, people to be ready. So yeah. where can we find you? With some links. Where can you websites, find me? Um, so as he said, the business is Shauna Bryant Consulting. That is S-H-A-N-A-B-R-Y-A-N-T Consulting. Um, my website is shaunabryant.net. 
Um, and then my social media handles are at Shauna Bryant Consulting on Instagram and Facebook. Shauna, this is great. Thank How'd you, you Joe. This is good. This, this is good. Was good. Practice, yeah. It's much easier than um, <laughs> talking to a live audience. Yes. <laughs> but no, I this like is, it. This Thank is you needed. for the opportunity. He's always recharging. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you just get caught up in your own head. And then you talk it out with somebody who's going through the same thing. You're like, all right, we're not crazy. Yeah, no, we're not crazy. Recharge we're, it. We're grinding it out and, you know, it's meant for us. Yeah. Well, everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll have plenty more coming your way soon. And until next time, peace. See you in the new year.